April 13th, 2022, in Masechet Sanhedrin, and Daf Samech we're in the first wide line. The Gemara, in the context that we've now passed uh, of whether the reason that uh, Am Yisrael initially accepted and worshipped Avodah Zarah was for the purpose of Avodah Zarah, or if alternatively, as Rav had suggested, it was just to make their way, Lehatir Lahem Arayot just to be able to please their desires and leaving the system of Torah, they now are able to please their desire because they're no longer in the Torah system, they're in Avodah Zarah. So the Gemara had challenged that with several different Beraitot and statements. And the last one that we mentioned was this Beraita, which described how this is during the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, they cried out with a great a sound, a great call to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Hachamim explained what they were requesting, what they were demanding of God is, we don't want the challenge, we'll forego the reward of Avodah Zarah. That's what we got up to, and then the Gemara said, wait a second, it appears as if they were entrenched in Avodah Zarah, it appears as if they did have a will and inspiration just for the Avodah Zarah, it wasn't only about the Gilu'i Arayot, and then the first wide line, the Gemara answered, Batar de Avikube, that's the middle of the first wide line, it's true, it began, perhaps, according to Rav, without the intention of actual Avodah Zarah. It was just to throw off the system. Ultimately speaking, Batar, afterwards, the Aviku, they became entrenched. Vayeavek ish is the pasuk with Yaakov and the Saroshel Esav, Milashon Avak. Avak is dust. When people wrestle, this is the way many of the Farshim explain, when people wrestle, dust rises up, especially if it's a dirty ground or if it's out in the field. And as a result, to become entangled with someone, it's what the, um, you're supposed to be, mit'abek ba'afar raglehem shel hachamim, the Mishnah says in Masechet Avot. You're supposed to uh, become attached to the dust of their feet. You're supposed to become so much entrenched with them. We envision that within the context of dust. That's the Gemara Batar after we became involved with the Avodah Zaram, maybe the initial intent was one way, but ultimately speaking, we became involved with it to the extent that we actually had a lust for the Avodah Zarah. But we didn't finish the story. What was the response? So the Ancheknes Dagdolah are requesting from God, requesting from the heavens, do away with this Yetzir Hara for Avodah Zarah. We don't need the challenge. We'll forego the reward. What did God, so to speak, respond to them? Says the Gemara, Yatvu, the end of the first wide line, Yatvu, Yatvu, we switched the taf and the shin, Yashivu, they sat, Tilata, again, Shelosha, switch those tafs, Yoma Bita'anita, they, they fasted for three days straight, Ba'urahame, Rahamim, of course, is mercy. They prayed, they requested mercy from God, and they got their response. Nafal lehu pitka some sort of note, a petek, fell out of the rekiah, the heavens. The hava ba, it said on it, on this note, emet. It said a three letter word, emet, emet, meaning truth, emet, meaning acceptance. God accepted their request. He was now going to suspend the lure and the desire of Abu Dazara at the very least from Am Yisrael, maybe from the world, generally speaking, in totality. Says the Gemara, we can derive from this, says Rabbi Hanina, the signet of God is emet, is truth. And of course, signet, as Rashi points out, is the way a king will stamp off and give his approval on some decree on some request. Over here, the request was granted with a note that says, emet, 
So remember years ago I read in a book called Megid Givot Olam, quoted from the Hafez Chaim, the following interpretation to this statement of if I remember it correctly. It says if you look at a signet ring, a signet ring, any ring that you're stamping with, the stamp is the opposite. I don't, we don't really use stamps all that often any longer, but if you remember using stamps once upon a time, the stamp when you look at it has the opposite image. It's only when you stamp it down to the paper that it comes out in the right way. To describe God's way, God's signet as emit, it goes as follows, the world in which we live and we uh, operate in, generally speaking, you're not going to feel that emet of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Day-to-day life, things will go not your way. You'll find Sadiq Veralo, Rasha Vetoblo. You'll find things that don't seem to make sense if you were walking or if the world was progressing with a straight direction and trajectory. It's the Chotam. When you just look at the Chotam from afar, if you just look at the Chotam before it's been inked onto the page, it looks like it's backwards. It's only once it's inked onto the page. It's only when all is said and done. When Tzoftavar HaKol Nishma, when you're able to see everything together. Mishpetei Adonai Emet, Sadeku Yahdav, the Pasuk says. You'll find the Emet, the truthfulness in the ways of God, only when it's Yahdav, only when it all comes together. Of course, we're familiar with such a thought. We know about it and in our interaction with people we trust. You look at someone and say, I don't know what the guy is doing. He's going off the charts. I can't understand. Why is he doing this? And then the person turns next to the next to you, turns to you and says, listen, but we trust him. We know he has some larger plan over here. That's the argument over here. Instead of just saying that God signs off with truth, it's that his signet ring is truth because it appears as if it's backwards. It's only when all is said and done when the signet ring is actually down. And say, over there I see Emet. That's again Mishpetea. What's that? No, Tamez with a tet. That's a nice derashah, but it's not going to work. But it's the same idea, though. Yeah, it is the same idea. In other words, it would be beautiful if it worked like it. Of course, the valid derashot do something else with the word emet. They point out that the word emet has the first, middle, and last letter in the alphabet. So to speak, it's all together, and you'll only appreciate it in turn when it really is all together, Jesse? No, okay, says the Gemara onward. Uh, again, now what does it mean that the note fell out of the heaven and so forth? Are we to take this literally or not? I'm not certain. I never know fully with Midrashim whether we're to take it literally or not, but it doesn't affect me one way or another. The lesson and the message is there, whether it's to be taken literally or not. The lesson of the description, the understanding of the hachamim, of requesting and searching and seeking to get rid of Avodah Zarah is all there, whether quote-unquote they're describing an actual event that transpired or not. Says the Gemara, the next imagery. Now, this imagery is also furthermore hard to understand and to comprehend the details, A, the image B and C, whether we're to take it in the literal sense or some sort of nevuah or or imagery that they, so to speak, beheld. Not certain about any of that, but the lesson and the message I think is clear. Says the Gemara, Nafak keguria denura mi bet kodashim. Nafak means came out. Guria denura, guria milashon gur says Rashi, a lion cub. Nura means fire. So the Yeser Harav, Avodazara, emerges in the form, in the body of a lion cub of fire. Mibet Kodesh from the place of Kodesh Hakodashim, the Mikdash. 
Uh, so they see, so to speak, it emerging. They're a little bit nervous. There's the Avodah Zarah, Yeser Hara. Amalehu Navi li Yisrael will in a second understand this is Zechariah Navi, one of the last prophets, turns to Am Yisrael and says, Hainu Yisrael Avodah Zarah. He points to it and he tells them, that's the Yeser Hara of Avodah Zarah. It's now on the loose. It's now running wild. As they're, Bahadeh means when they're, as they're in the act of katafseh, as they're grabbing, as they're trying to trap the Yetzir Harav Avodah Zarah. Again, doesn't sound as if we're supposed to be taking this literally, but we are supposed to be understanding what's taking place over here. Here's the time and place during which the leadership is seeking and searching for a way to uproot a Yetzir Harav. That's what they're in the midst of doing, and that's the fear, and that's the trepidation, and the anxiety, and the stress and tension that's filling the minds and hearts of the people, and certainly the leadership of the time. Ishtamit binita mine, a hair falls out from this gurya denura, this, uh, this fire image of Avodah Zarah in the form of a lion cub, a hair comes out. Ve'azal kaleh be'arba me'ah parseh. And the cries, the sound, the shrieks of that lion cub of fire is now piercing and going through the, the expanse of play, uh, of uh, the expanse of, of place of four hundred parsaot. That's a long distance, which means to say, so to speak, you're hearing the cries and the pains of the loss of Avodah Zarah. Now the fear is, again, all within this Midrash, the fear now in turn is that God, so to speak, is going to give in to the Avodah Zarah. There's going to be a request from the Avodah Zarah. It's a fight between Am Yisrael and Avodah Zarah. Avodah Zarah, which is losing, Avodah Zarah, the answer of the Avodah Zarah, which lost its hair and is now screaming and crying out, well, God is going to listen to that. It's going to grant it some strength. Amru ne'aved. Say the say the people to Zechariah Hanavi, what can we do? How can we prevent this? We're nervous. God is going to listen to the cries of the Avodah Zarah Yeser and give in, it, give in to it. Maybe from the heavens there'll be mercy on the Avodah Zarah. Again, beyond the specific imagery, beyond the specific messages, the general message over here of this Midrash is this is an intense struggle of the leadership to uproot Avodah Zarah. So envision it as I do, if you want, as the people, so to speak, crying out. Envision it, so to speak, as the nation is struggling with this, and we as the leadership are nervous, how are we actually going to pull this off? So if it's not, if it's Gur Aryeh Yehuda, if the, uh, if, if the image of the cub is really Am Yisrael, who are, so to speak, losing this Yetzer and crying about it, and now it's the leadership and you're going to see the imagery uh, to understand it as looking to clamp it down. If you want other imagery and other messages, the Chabod Rab, but that's at the very basic level of this Midrash. Amar lehu Navi, the Navi Zechariah turns to Anshei Knesset and he says, I know you're nervous. I know you fear that God, so to speak, is going to accept this Yetzer and keep it. And I know we haven't been able to overcome it and withstand it. So here's what you should do. Shadyuhu biduda. De ibra vekisua be ibra. Throw it or place it, shadyuha, place it in a duda, that's a container of ibra, ever is lead. Put it in a container of lead and then cover it with lead. Why? Deshaif kale, because it has a way of muffling the noise. 
lead of all the metals, apparently, at least in the eyes of the Hachamim, was strong in terms of muffling noises. And as a result, the cries, the screams of this Yetzer Harav Avodah will be muffled, quote-unquote, from God. He won't be able to listen to it. He won't give in to it. It's not that he can't. And it's not that we're to imagine that this is actually taking place in real time. We're supposed to understand this as a struggle amongst the leadership in terms of how are we going to suppress the Yesef Avodah They cite a pasuk in Zechariah, which is enigmatic. So it describes placing some sort of stone of lead on its mouth. In other words, the understanding of the hachamim, it's the lead on the mouth of this utensil, and this utensil has within it the yeser harav avodah zarah. Amre says the Gemara, okay, now that the hachamim, the ancheknes dagdola, this time period, this is the, before the building of the second Beit HaMikdash, they feel a little bit appeased. They feel a little bit happy. We got rid of the yeser harav avodah zarah. We see a future for these people. There's still a very strong inclination that oftentimes takes us down. That is a threat to our continuity, and that is Gidui Arayot. So we handled Avodah Zarah, we uprooted that cancer. Let's get rid of now Gidui Arayot. Amre Ho'il Ve'it Rasonhu. Now that we see that it's a time of will from Akadosh Baruch Hu, we see that we feel close to him, both in terms of our will and inspiration and in terms of his acceptance of our requests. We feel as if he's listening to us. We feel attached to him in a way that we can overcome these challenges. Let's now request mercy. Let's now pray that we get rid of the Let's get rid of the sexual inclinations of the people. Let's get rid of that sin. Let's uproot that one for once and for all. We got rid of Avodah Zarah. It's fantastic. Look, life is in an unprecedented way easy. We find our connection to God better than ever before. Let's get rid of the other major challenge and obstacle. Can you imagine what sort of existence we'll have now? They request mercy. They pray to God. Indeed, it's handed, it's placed in their hand. It's passed over into their hand, which means to say they've now defeated the Yetzir of Gidu Arayot, the, the inclination, the lure, the desire for sexual wrongdoings is gone. So to speak, they imprison it, meaning the Yetzir of Gidu Arayot, the Yisrada Avera, for three days. Within that time, or after the three days, all they want, who's they? The people. I'm Israel. Maybe people in the world. All they want is, a, is an egg. An egg, batyoma, that was born, birthed on that day. An egg of what? An egg of a chicken. That's what they're looking for. Let's get an egg of a chicken. Why? I need fresh eggs. Whatever the circumstance is. Lechole, for a sick person. I'm told even today people work with within such a thought, certainly once upon a time. Fresh eggs are good for, for sick people. I lived in Me'ashi for two years of my life. For the first Elul and beyond, I heard chicken sounds constantly from the yeshiva. Me'ashi Arim is not a farm area, but there were chicken sounds. And we went to investigate. Long story short, we found that across the street, anything could happen in Me'ashi Arim. Across the street, the fellow had a whole, it was a beautiful building across the street. I mean, it looked disgusting outside. But he opened up the whole top, like attic floor, to raise chickens. So we confronted him. We said, it's being mevatel artairo. We're not able to learn Torah properly because we have chickens sounding 
constantly, not mamash, they weren't able to be mafhin ben yomu ben laila. You heard it at all times, chickens making these, you know, kakadurudus at all times. So we confronted him, and so with tears in his eyes, he knew how to play us perfectly. The guy was fantastic in terms of his skills. He said, but my mother is sick. I need fresh eggs constantly. All right, we didn't know how to defeat him on that. There was nothing you could do. There's no one to turn to, and it was so annoying. All right, it took some time until he got rid of them. But anyway, that's the statement here in the Gemara. So that's the Gemara they needed, they wanted. Bi'ata, that means uh, egg. Bat yoma ashkahu. And they couldn't find it. Why couldn't they find it? Amru hechina avi. Well, before we read onward, Rashi explains the reason they couldn't find it. Because the desire for procreation, the desire for sexuality was lost even amongst the animals. They requested to get rid of the Yetzir of uh, Avera. Now together with the Yetzir for Avera, for sinful sexuality, is all hormonal drives. There was no drive for procreation any longer. Hormonal productivity was lost, is the understanding as well. So although, and Rashi fills in the gap on this, although the birth of that, ba- of that uh, chick, of that uh, egg, uh, would have been brewing from beforehand, the chicken was no longer able to hatch it because part of the hatching is himum, is the warmth of that place which, in which there's some sort of hormonal activity. But that's all lost, which means to say, and to read this beyond just the chickens, the chickens is the extreme, which means to say if you got rid of a yetzer de avera, the hachamim are implying, we got rid of a continuity of humanity. We don't have human beings who are having children because you don't have a yetzer for sexuality. It's what I've said on many occasions that if you read Sefer Bereshit straight, Rashi has an en muktamu meuhar, or he reads it in one way or another. Zohar reads it straight, even Ezar reads it straight. Adam and Chava only have relations and in turn have a child. Again, straight, not, not like the Gemara had earlier in Masechet Sanhedrin, after banishment from Gan Eden. Why only after banishment from Gan Eden? In Gan Eden, when there is no Yeser, when they haven't eaten from Etadat, when there's no human inclination, so to speak, why are they having children? Having children on many levels is, is part of an egotistical uh, direction. I want the pleasure of the experience. I want a legacy. I feel a necessity to continue my name. There's certainly responsibility that's connected to it. It's part of our mandate in this world to fill the world, to continue our existence. But part of it, a large part of it, is ourselves that's involved in that circumstance. So they didn't have that. When you're in the Ghana and there's only Emet and Sheikh and you're surrounded by God, and as we saw in the Midrash just a few dapim ago, so to speak, the Malachim who are Solin Basar and Mesanenin Yayin, what are you having children for? That's in turn what the Gemara says. So nobody's having children, not even the chickens. It's what the Midrash says, I've quoted on more than one occasion as well. The Midrash says that Tob Me'od, which is said after the creation of Adam, Tob Me'od are difficult words to inter- interpret. Tob, generally speaking, throughout creation means complete. When it comes to Adam, it's Tob Me'od, what's very complete. So as the Midrash, several interpretations, each one more interesting than the next. But one of them is, Tob is Yeser Hara Tob. Tob Me'od is Yeser Hara. The evil inclination is to Yeser Hara. 
It's told me old. Asks the Midrash this question. Says the Midrash, absolutely. If we didn't have Yetzer Hara, we don't have any competition. We don't have any commercial activity. We don't have any homes being built. We don't have any children being created and so forth. That's what the Gemara is describing over here. So again, in this Midrash of a vision and description of time of Anshek Nesla in which they finally uprooted that Yetzer, that cancerous Giluya Arayot drive, well, you lost all continuity. You don't have chicks. You don't have eggs any longer. Uh, you're not having children any longer. So as the Gemara Amru, the the leadership of the time period said, So what are we to do right now? Let's ask for half. What's half? Half the deal. We'll turn to God and we'll say, no more inclination for wrongful sexual stuff, but yes, inclination for proper sexual stuff. Palga pevek means half. Palga Half from the heavens they won't give. Which fundamentally means, it's a point we've made on many occasions, no such thing as half in the heavens. There's no such thing. We live in a life of piruda. We live in a world of separation. In the heavens, no such thing as separation. There's no such thing as separation. Well, look at the world. If we see God as the source of all existence, it's all one. There's no such thing as halves. I know to us, it's hard to understand that there's no halves because this cup is separate from me. Yes, this is this phone, yes, this is this table, and so forth. If you have a larger, broader perspective of matters and vision of life in totality, it's all one. You can't give one and not the other. And as a result, it's all one drive. Yeser atob, yeser hara, two sides of the same coin. I can't just give you a drive for sexuality, but not for wrongful sexuality. No such thing. That's not a heavenly thing. That's a human determination. I see it this way. I see it that way. No such thing. Drive it appropriate. What the? Can't be half pregnant. Again, that we can understand. This one, I don't understand, because I could say I understand half sexuality. I don't understand. For, understand. That's right. Okay. So, what's that? Pered. This is Peleg. Peleg is, is half. Pered is a mule. Says the Gemara, okay, so Peleg Merikiah or Palga Merikiah la Yahave. Kahlin hu le'ene. Says the Gemara, at the very least, what they did is they gorged out the eyes of the Yetzir Da'avera, which means to say they diminished it, they blunted it. So they didn't absolutely defeat it. You won't have relations any longer. They didn't leave it in its full force because we'd be in a lot more trouble. They blunted its eyes, meaning they worked on the generation, they prayed to God, and they brought forth a blunted sexual drive. Ahanebe, it worked, de la igre inish bikrovote. It worked to the extent that people were no longer desirous of their relatives, says Rashi, of your mother and of your sister. You're no longer desirous of your mother and sister, which once existed in the times of the Avdei Avodah Zarah. These are the types of relations they were involved with. We don't have those temptations any longer. For Eshet Ish, for Nida, says Rashi, we still have drives, we still have inclinations. We need to overcome those, but it's the price of being a human being, of looking to be productive in this world. We have to deal with no peleg, no palga. It's all one, and we need to look to channel the positivity even in what appears to be a negative uh, inclination. Says the Gemara, we now uh, conclude these sugyot with a few stories with regards to Abu Dazara, some more fundamental than others, but each one teaching something or another. Amar Abu Dazara, Ma'ase Ahat. 
story with one non-Jewish woman, she was very sick, very ill. Amra, she said, she speaks in the third person, she says, if that woman, in other words, if me, myself, if I now am, re- uh, am cured from my, uh, from my illness, I will go, or she will go, but she's referring to herself, to worship all the Abu Dazara that I can find in this world. She indeed is cured, Ameda, and then she makes her way to each one of the Abu Dazara that was known, I guess, to her in the world. She made her way to Peor. Baal Peor, we know about already. Baal Peor is the one in which you defecate in order to worship it. She turns to the priests, to those who are running the Abu Dazara over there. How is it that I'm to appropriately, or disgustingly worship this Avodah Zarah, this Baal Peor, Amrula, here's what you need to do. Ochlin Tardin, you eat radish, Vishotin Shekhar, and you drink fresh beer, Umatrizin Bifanea, and in turn, you'll be able to defecate in front of it. That sounds a little bit like uh, preparation for colonoscopy. Amra, Mutav Shitachsor Hahu, Isha Lecholia, Velo Ta'avod Avodah Zarah Bekach. As she says, uh, you know, instead of doing this disgusting, nasty activity, it would have been better, it would be better for me to just get sick again. You literally want me to defecate? You want me to uh, be to having diarrhea in front of this Abu Dazara? I mean, uh, come on, what, what are we dealing with? I feel terrible doing so. I feel disgusting doing so. I wish I was just ill. and I would have been in a better state had I not had to do this. Now, Rav Marav, as he tells this story, concludes by turning to the people that are surrounding him. So Rav Marav, imagine him in the middle of the room like me. He starts with this story, and now he turns to the people and he says, you think that that's a crazy story? Let me tell you, Am Yisrael, let me tell you, my brothers and sisters who surround me, you guys are worse than that woman. At least that woman at the end would turn away. I don't believe you guys would. Atem bet Yisrael enankin. You, Am Yisrael, who have or had these wrongful inclinations, it wouldn't work this way. The Pasuk says in Sefer Bimidbar, the Pasuk says when we fall prey to the Baal Peor, of course this is when Moshe turns to the Shofet Isra and he says, go and kill, this is what Mars was referring to yesterday, Mars said, ben, go and kill all the people who have worshipped, who had been Nitzmad le Baal Peor. Now that word Nitzmad is an interesting word. How are we to understand that word Nitzmad? Of course it's the context of Avodat Baal Peor, but what does the word Nitzmad mean? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you what it means. Kisamid patil. Samid patil is the way you used to have utensils. So you'd have like this, you'd have a jug of some sort, and then you'd place a covering on top of it, and then you'd seal the covering. That was called samid patil. You would take wax and seal the covering. When I was younger, there were wax packages of baseball cards, I remember. That's very strong covering. Samid patil. So in turn, the Gemara says, you want to know what it meant? Nitzmadim Baal peor. They became tethered, became attached to the Avodah Zarah, Am Yisrael, so much so, like the wax covering of a utensil that's detachable unless you actually crack it open. What about your connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Am Yisrael? On the one hand, that's the way you went to 
On the other hand, your connection to God is devekim. What's devek? Devek is connected, is glued. It's like two dates which are connected one to the other. Two dates connected one to the other, what you do is you pluck them apart. Not that close connection. It's cute, it's nice, they appear to be close one to the other, you appear to be close to God, but all it takes is plucking you away. Your connection to Avodah Zarah, your connection to the Yesir of Avodah Zarah is like a Samit Patil. You're not like that woman who could turn away in that moment. You guys, Am Yisrael, you have wrongful tendencies. It's different. You have a lot more to overcome. Bimatnitatana, alternatively, not the negative vision of Rav Yudah in the name of Rav. In Beraitaha, they had a positive vision. Let's see this difference between our ways to Avodah Zarah and our ways to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a positive light. Hanitzmadim Baal Peor, instead of reading it as Samid Patil, instead of reading it as that that uh, covering, which is uh, which is uh, waxed down, Kisamid Al Yedei Isha. Samid means a bracelet. It's like a bracelet on a, on a woman. A bracelet, bracelet on a woman, it's not connected to her. It dangles, it moves a little bit. What about your connection to God? That in contrast, our connection to God, says Moshe, is davuk mamash, is actually connected. It's not just dangling from the arm. So we can see it in one of two ways. Rav Yehuda Marav, in a negative way, in a Musa rebuke way to the people, make certain that your connection is strengthened to God because your tendencies are otherwise. Or alternatively, as the Beraita has it, your tendency to God is stronger already than that to the Avodah Zarah. Says Gemara onward, Tanura Banan e Beraita Ma'aseh, the name of the person was Sabbeta Ben Alas. It could almost be a name today, Sabbeta Ben Alas or something. Okay, Elus? I lose. Okay. Anyway, I don't know the name of the place or the name of his father. Regardless, she hiskir hamoro lenochrit. This fellow, he rents his donkey to a non-Jewish woman. Achat. Kevan lepeor. As they walk, as they're traveling, they get up to Baal Peor, they get up to Abu Dazara. Amra lo, she says to... The uh, the donkey man, uh, she says to Sabeta, uh, the uh, the taxi driver, Hamten uh, Wait a minute, uh, wait for me while I go in and come out. After she comes out, you have to imagine she used the bathroom in there, right? She she was Aveta Baal Peor. Amarla, he turns her and says, Stand there. I also am going to go handle my needs in there. She turns to him and says, Aren't you Jewish? I mean, I'm not Jewish. I went and I did my business with the Avod Azara. You, you're a Jew. He turns to him and says, What's it, your business? What do you care if I'm Jewish? He enters in. He defecates in front of the Baal Peor. And then he wipes himself clean with the nose, the nostrils of the Baal Peor. Now, it's not clear to me. It sounds like from the ensuing lines of the Gemara, although it's never fully clear, whether he does this with the intention of Avodah or alternatively, he's, so to speak, trying to give it to the Avodah Zarah. You guys do this disgusting thing. I'm going to add insult to injury. I'm going to wipe myself with the nose of the Avodah Zarah in a disgusting, even you guys will agree, in a terrible way. And 
And as he finishes, the, uh, the uh, priests, the people who are, uh, who are administering the Avodah Zarah, they're, they're praising him. Look at this. Can you imagine? We've never found someone who did such a beautiful, disgusting worship of Baal Peor. So now whether it was his intention or not, the Gemara is making us laugh, Stanley. It's making us laugh at the Avodah Zarah. It's a crazy, disgusting thing. Not only is defecating appropriate, but if you wiped yourself with the nostril nose of this Avodah Zarah, they're all very excited and think that that's the best thing you could have done. Lastly, says the Gemara, a person who defecates and does something disgusting to the Avodah Zarah Baal Peor, that is the Avodah, that's the method and way of worship, even if your kavana, your mindset is bizayon. Important point over here. Your mindset is disgustingness, not worship, it sounds like. Says Tosafot, can't be the way I just said it. It has to be, even though your intention is a disgusting method and way of worship. What's Tosafot's proof? You might recall we had a mahloket abayen If a person worships either from love or from fear of the avodah zarah, according to rava patur, according to abayeh hayav. How come the Gemara doesn't make that contingent, uh, this issue contingent over here? You're doing it in a disgusting fashion, meaning my intention is not for the Avodah Zarah. Suggest Tosafot, this needs to be with Kavana, with intention of worship. Might be a little bit over here. It's with the intention of worship. It's without the intention of worship. If it's with the intention specifically of disgusting, putting down the avodah zarah, there'd be no such issue. It's not so simple from the ensuing lines of the Gemara, as we'll read in just a moment, as Marsha and Maharam ask on it. But just bear with me for a moment. So again, the statement over here is that if you do the disgusting, mindful activity to the Baal Peor, your hayav, even though your intention was disgustingness, says Tosafot, but your intention was worship through disgustingness. Hazorek evin le markolis. If you throw a stone to this avodah zarah known as markolis, in which the way that you worship it is by throwing stones, which apparently is also, not apparently, is it disgusting? You're throwing rocks, you're, you're stoning it. Zohi Even though your intention is to stone it, to hail the, sto- the stone at it, in order, to, so to speak, to like crack it or whatever, that's your derech avodah, and in turn, your hayav, same statement, ba'alto, the defecation, your intention is lebazoto, the markolis, your intention is lemirgeme, and your hayav, tells the Gemara's story. Again, if we just had Tosafot in this Gemara, it would be sufficient, but now it gets a little bit more difficult, because the Gemara tells a story about one of the Emoraim, Rav Menasheh, the Emorah Rav Menasheh, Havaka Azil lebetorata, he was going to a place named Betorata, Amrulo, they say to him, they said to him, you see over there? That's an avodah zarah. Shakal pisa, he picks up a clump of dirt. The Gemara Masechid Makot and Davchet has this word, pisa. Rashi translates it over there as a clump of dirt. Shadabe, he throws it at the avodah zarah. They said, Yisrael, Rav Menashe, do you know what you just did? Of course I know what I just did. I threw a piece of dirt at the disgusting avodah. Amrulo Markolisi. No, this is the Avodah Zarah, that the way of its Avodah is through throwing dirt. Now pause for a second. Tosafot should have no nervousness over here. Tosafot should say it wasn't with intention of Avodah. It wasn't his intention. Wasn't a stone is an interesting point. Yad Rama raises that. Let's assume that Pisa is the same thing. We should assume it's the same thing. But ultimately speaking, his intention isn't for Avodah. 
Amar lehu, he turns them and says, you should know, Hazorek even lemarkolis tenan. The Mishnah says, if you're throwing the stone to or for the markolis, me, I'm throwing it at the markolis. That's his response. Atash al be midrash, he goes and he asks in the midrash, Amrule hazorek even ba markolis tenan. They said, no, 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 no. Wrong reading of the Mishnah. The Mishnah is even when you throw it at the Markolis. Now pause for a second. Tosafot shouldn't be saying. Tosafot told us it has to be derech avodah. It has to be at kavanat avodah. What's that? Why would you distinguish? Maharam suggests the following. Maharam, very, very, very briefly. Maharam suggests that Tosafot is talking about hiyuv. In terms of hiyuv mitah, what our Mishnah is really talking about, you're only going to have if you do it with kavanav avodah. That's clear. What about a mitzvah lo ta'aseh? What about something that's asur? Patur aval asur. That is, even if you don't have the kavanat avodah. And that's what Rav Menashe over here is nervous about. Avagav de mechaven le the understanding of the Mishnah, they tell him in the Bet Midrash, they tell Rav Menashe, is even if your intention is not avodah, it's rather to stone it. Amar lehu says Rav Menashe, okay, I'll fix this up. I know what I'll do. Ezil ishkela. Okay, I'll go and I'll pick it up. I know what's done is done. I know it was wrong. I know it may have been patur of al-asur. I shouldn't have thrown it. It was a markolis. I didn't intend, but so it happened. And I did the wrong thing, but I may at least get rid of it. I mean, I, you know, it's my stain is right there on the avodah zarah. You see my clump of dirt. Everybody knows that's Rav Menashe. Or even if they don't, I added to it. Amrulah, they said, don't do that, Rav Menashe. Both those who throw and those who remove stones from markolis are hayav. Each one of those stones, when you remove them, uh, open up a space for the other, which means to say, as I envision it, there are all these stones that are surrounding the Markolis. As you remove one, well, all the other ones fall into place. So effectively, you're only placing more stones and opening up space for another one. That's part of the Avodah Sorav Menashe, sorrow state of being, walks away from this circumstance, realizing that although it wasn't his intention, although, as Tosafot pointed out to us, he's not, he wouldn't have been Hayav Mitah, it was Asur, he shouldn't have been doing so. I guess the lesson we learn from this is care and precision in all of our acts and intentions. Baruch Amen ve'amen.